From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Jason Horton, an assistant professor of both orthopedic surgery and cell and developmental biology at Upstate Medical University, and Pranav Soman, an assistant professor of biomedical and chemical engineering at Syracuse University, are working together to create a more natural alternative to the metallic implants that are used today to replace diseased and damaged bones. They're using 3D printing to develop polymer-based biodegradable implants, and they're both here today to tell us more about their exciting research. Welcome to you both. Hello. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. So this seems like we're in the age of the Jetsons. If we're to the point where if we need, say, a knee replacement or something, that we can build one with a 3D printer and use it. How close are we to that? Well, I think it's still a long way on the horizon, but we're definitely chipping away at it. And so, you know, maybe... 10 to 15 years is not an unreasonable expectation. Um, right now we're working at a very basic level trying to work out the technology um, end of it and the manufacturing end of it. And that's where Pranav really comes in to uh, bring his expertise. Um, and I work more on the bone and cell biology side. So it sounds like a really good collaboration, people from both different sciences. Yes, I think it is. Uh, it has been fantastic. We have been working on this for the past year or so. And, uh, yeah, I bring the expertise of uh, printing, uh, I guess, bioplastics and biogels where you mix cells with gels and try to, I guess, grow bone in a, in a structural cage. And it has been fantastic uh, so far. So how did you come up just with the idea of using a 3D printer to build, like, it's the scaffolding, right? And then of adding human cells to that. How did you come up with the concept? Well, I think the idea has been out there for a long time, but the technology hasn't really been available until fairly recently. Um, now, I've only been here at Upstate for a little over a year and a half now, and one of the first people that I met when I came to Upstate was Pranav, who, you know, introduced himself, uh, you know, very shortly after I got here, and he says, you know, I have this great technology. Do you think this might have an application in some of the work that you're doing and some of your research interests? And you know, one of the big problems in orthopedics in general is how to help bone heal better to become stronger and restore function. And so with my background in cell biology and, and bone stem cell biology specifically, I, you know, I've always had this idea that maybe if we could activate stem cells in some sort of way to help improve bone healing, that would be fantastic. But one of the barriers is how do you get those stem cells to stay in place? You can't just inject them because they're sort of a fluid and you know, a bone needs to have some mechanical strength. And so Pranav comes and brings this technology where he can essentially create a rigid structure in any shape you, you, you want. Um, in our case, we're hopeful that we can use CT imaging or MRI imaging to design these new bone structures and so really make it a patient-specific uh, graft unit that we can create. So that's the long-term goal. But um, as far as bringing it from the research side, it's been just a really great uh, collaboration of you know really different fields coming together on a common goal. So, um, Pranav, tell me about three D printing and in, in this and polymer that's a plastic, right? Yeah. So, how does that work? If you're working on a scaffolding, you have to draw. Right. So I think, uh, so the bio 3D uh, printing is very, very similar to normal 3D uh, printing, which we hear often, right? Where <clears throat> the idea is that you have a three-dimensional model, which you create uh, either 
by some kind of modeling software or you can get that from CT scans, MRI scans, things like that. And you take that model, you slice it up into uh, scans or uh, 2D sort of uh, tool paths and you can move a stage, a very uh, precise stage in XYZ or three dimensions according to the, those paths. And you can basically stack uh, these slices on top of each other layer by layer and then we basically can cre recreate or create this 3D uh, structure based on the scan which we have. So the bio comes only... It's exactly the same thing as 3D uh, printing, but the bio part comes where we can either use bioplastics, which are approved by the FDA, or you can use some kind of living cells mixed in a soft gel, which is compatible and things like that. But essentially it is the exact same thing. Okay, so, so go ahead. I was gonna say the analogy that I like to use is it's kind of like building a house in that um, we're building the framework and that's, that's the 3D printing unit that Pranav comes in. So the structure, the shape of the unit that we're trying to assemble is built by the 3D printing process. And then my part is to come in and, and sort of bring the cells and, and hydrogel that Pranav has also worked um, extensively with and use that gel full of uh, stem cells to sort of fill in the spaces or, you know, to, to fill in the foundation of those walls that were built by the 3D printer. So these are stem cells, as a, these are not bone yet. They're These not are... yet bone, okay. exactly, exactly. So we're working on um, identifying new sources of these bone stem cells. Um, and it's important to point out that these stem cells are present in the bone marrow and a few other tissues throughout, um, throughout your life, and they're what um, are activated to cause bone to heal. They're stimulated to produce bone healing. Um, and so we're looking for ways to activate those cells or to isolate them and sort of instruct them to become bone cells while housed in this hydrogel 3D printed um, structural unit. And so that's a, that's a real hot topic, but also a real challenge in identifying those cells, producing enough of them to make a, a functional bone unit, and then giving them the instructions to become a bone cell. And so that's really been you know, the focus of my, my training and my research is how to instruct a relatively primitive cell to become a bone cell. Okay, and relatively primitive. Would the cells come from, like, a cord blood? or? So that's, that's a, a very new technology that um, we've just started looking into um, with a, a grant from the Cord Blood Center here at Upstate, um, where we're looking at, so these stem cells um, in general are called mesenchymal stem cells. And so they're stem cells in the sense that they're multipotent. And by multipotent, what I mean is that they have to, the capacity to become several different types of mature tissue cells. So in the case of these mesenchymal stem cells, they can become cartilage cells which line the joints and provide sort of a frictionless surface. They be can become bone cells and form the mineralized component of bone, but they can also become fat cells which live inside the bone marrow and they have some really interesting but poorly understood physiologic functions. Um, so suffice it to say, we're looking at ways to identify these mesenchymal stem cells. Um, traditionally, and most of the work has been done looking at bone marrow, but now also having cord blood um, as a sort of novel source that's readily available um, 
and will probably help us with a lot of the immune rejection complications that might be had if we were to use stem cells from one person and try to implant them in another person. Interesting. This is Upstate's HealthLink on air talking about new ways to produce bone products to replace diseased or damaged bones in the human body with Syracuse University Assistant Professor Pranav Soman and Upstate Assistant Professor Jason Horton. Um, Pranav, the, the scaffolding the, the, uh, that's made with the uh, 3D printer, what happens to that once it's in the body? Does it stay? Yeah, so there are various <coughs> sort of types of scaffolding uh, that is based on the bioplastic we choose. Uh, in our work, we have primarily worked with the FDA-approved plastic called uh, polycaprolactone PCL. And the way it works is, so we use, so 3D printing has lots of various uh, techniques which can be used to make these sliced 3D uh, constructs. And what the one which we use uh, with PCL is what's called an extrusion-based approach, where we basically extrude this, we make spools or plastic sort of spools of these PCL, and then we extrude those spools through a, a heater, which sort of semi-melts it, and then we have a stage, which is again controlled by a 3D scan, and it's moved in XYZ, and we can make this a 3D gauge. And this PCL, it can last, basically you can tune the properties of how fast or slow they can degrade if you implant them inside the body. But typically the amount of time is about eight months to a year and a half. And so the hope is that the cells during that time would be able to take take over. Exactly. So so that, that provides, the, the scaffold structure provides stability during that time that the bone cells... Um, are differentiating, or I should say the stem cells are differentiating into bone cells um, and then start building new bone tissue on top of it. And I think a really important point is that the PCL is bioresorbable. And by that, it means it's slowly degraded over time and absorbed in a non-toxic fashion in, in the, um, by the body. And so this, a similar plastic is used for things like um, resorbable sutures. Say if you were to have an operation, get some stitches, and rather than take them out, they just sort of dissolve away fairly quickly. And there's other um, devices that are used in orthopedics specifically as far as um, what are called staples or nails that um, are used in surgical procedures to hold pieces of tissue together, especially in reconstruction reconstructive procedure. So it's a, it's a, the biocompatibility of PCL is really well understood and characterized. Um, and so that's why we've chosen to go with that as our starting material. So how far along are you? Is this being tested? So we have, uh, I mean, we can sort of print these hybrid uh, scaffolds, which is basically, again, the PCL cage, uh, and which is embedded with the stem cells with gels. And we have tested, we have started to implant those in uh, animals, uh, and we have some exciting uh, results uh, so far. But it is still in the preliminary stage. Very early. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, so we're, you know, we're trying to incorporate a couple of things to bring back the building a house analogy. So um, one of the important things to helping bone heal is to establish a vascular circuit through the bone tissue. And so some of the really exciting engineering work that Pranav has been doing is working on ways to build vascular channels or, again, to bring back the house analogy, pipes. Um, and so we're working on ways to create these pipes through this 3D matrix in addition to the rigid structure um, and then um, take some vascular stem cells that line the inside of the blood vessels and are really important for communication with the blood cells or, excuse me, with the bone cells. Um, and sort of build those into this um, 
bone units that we can um, have essentially a readily perfusable um, bone graft structure that can um, supply, has a blood supply and can uh, bring nutrients and clear waste to the cells within the bone construct that we're creating. Um, and then we just recently uh, submitted a paper, um, again, bringing back the analogy of a house where we've um, put nanowires into the hydrogel matrix um, for the purpose of conducting um, various bioelectric signals through the bone matrix. So we're really looking at it as we're building the structure, we're putting in the plumbing, and now we're putting in the wiring too. This is so fascinating. And bo both of you are relatively young. Did you imagine or dream about this in, I don't know, in high school when you're coming up and thinking about what you want to do with your life? Did you? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, my background is uh, like more engineering. And so okay. I always used to like to build things, but I was working on cars and engines and things like mm -hmm. that. And uh, over the years I have transformed into working on bio uh, applications. And you, Jason? So, yeah, so I, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess to, to wind the clock back, I, I had visions of becoming a high school teacher at one point. Um, and then through college, you know, just different classes, I got really excited about um, anthropology, um, which is, I think, where my interest in, in the skeleton started, um, but also in linguistics. And so I was, I think, through college, I was sort of all over the place. And then um, after graduating, I worked for a few years as a, as a research technician. And, um, you know, that was the time when I really fell in love with the idea of being, you know, number one, just being a scientist and having my own project. Um, but that I had the opportunity to, to do my graduate work in bone biology and skeletal development. Um, and so that was really exciting, just studying the, the process of how um, bones develop from embryonic life and then how they're maintained um, as we age. Um, but to say I ever thought that I'd be building a new bone essentially from scratch um, really has only come into my mind as a, as a reality um, as even a possibility in the last year, really, since meeting Pranav. Wow, interesting. It was so fascinating, and I hope both of you will come back as your research progresses and um, kind of keep us updated. This has been Upstate's HealthLink on Air uh, with Assistant Professors Pranav Soman from Syracuse University and Jason Horton from Upstate Medical University. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks. Thank you so much.